ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Alrighty. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dynasty Junkies. Episode 147, proud member of the Dynasty Junkie, sorry, Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will. Daddy Russ, I'm sorry I messed that up. Uh, we've got a great show tonight. We're talking to NFC QBs. We're going to be breaking down some other things. And of course, the Find Me a Trade segment later. Uh, at this point, it's just me, your host, Andrew Hall. We'll see if Scott joins. I don't know if he's able to or not tonight, but that's okay because we've got a terrific guest anyway. It's going to be a great time. We've got Kate Majuk. Am I saying that right, Kate? Am I using the name correctly? Uh, you're very close, Majuk. Just a little Majuk. bit, a little bit more on the A, and then we're we're like there. I love it, Kate Majuk. <laughs> I apologize. Appreciate the uh, helping me out with that. But yeah, Kate, you are as we recently were just discussing, kind of like a free agent in the world this week. But I know you're still busy in the fantasy space. I know you're big on Twitter. But why don't you tell people kind of where you are and where you were, maybe, and where you're looking to go, and we can kind of kick the show off with that before we get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for teeing me up. Um, yeah, free agent, first time ever in my, uh, adult life, which is kind of crazy, but, uh, doing some freelance work right now, looking for my next full-time opportunity. Um, you know, working obviously in the fantasy sports, gambling, sports betting, uh, network and inside of things. So eager and, and excited to see what's to come, but in the meantime, podcasting with, uh, my fantastic wife, Michelle, uh, on the Ball Blast podcast and uh, with my good friend, Marcus Mosher on the Lockdown Dynasty podcast. So um, I'm not disappearing. I'm, I'm still I'm still kicking around here while I'm a free agent. You can't get rid of me that easy. Damn Skippy. I like that. And I know Ball Blast has been your, your thing for a while now. I love that that's still going. I love that the podcast is still kicking. I know uh, I've, I've really toned back my podcast uh, digestion, I guess, my 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 listening is really toned back in the years because I, I don't want to steal takes. I guess is the logic I keep telling myself. I've like, actually done the same <sighs> thing. I it, it like I don't want to subconsciously yeah pull anything I, from anywhere. I just Even don't want to like, accidentally say something someone else said and then get blamed for copying. I'm like, darn it, you're right. I did listen to that, and I, you're right. So I've really tried to be a little more intentional in a way. And it's not as a negative to anybody. I'm not trying to like slight anybody. It's just, it's easier for my brain if I, I just know I came up with it, I guess, because yeah. I am really good at absorbing thoughts and regurgitating them. I don't want to do that. I'm trying not to, but yes, again, love the podcast. I know I've listened a few times. Uh, I know that the locked on is one that I listen to a lot too. I know I love you and, and Mosher, of course, on that. And William Cinna McDowell, of course, terrific on that as well. I know that's a a classic staple of my of my rotation while mowing the lawn every now and then too. So really glad to have you on. I know this is a this is one that I was excited to have. I'm like we don't have. I don't think we've ever had you on the show before. Um, I know that you do a lot of podcasts. You do a lot of work on the fantasy space. I mean, what? I'm, how many years now has it been? I know I saw you at the expo a couple of years ago, but 
it's been what three years, four years since you've been in this. I don't remember exactly. Exactly. It was 2018, I think. 2019, 2018, 2019. So maybe going into your fifth season, kind of a thing. That's, I mean, whew. 2019. It might be, yeah. I, it might have been 2019. It doesn't matter. It, it's been a few years. It's um, long been enough. Around the block a couple times. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it, you know, every single season, um, like seeing the evolution of fantasy, seeing the evolution of dynasty. It, there's something new to learn every single year, and. The NFL is so dynamic. So like it, as soon as we catch up uh, and fantasy scoring catches up to trends, um, the NFL shakes it up for us again. So, you know, we're always going to have something to obsess over, at least as fantasy junkies. That's right. That's right. And we're, we're definitely both of us are junkies in this fantasy space. And again, tonight, we're definitely dynasty junkies. Let's talk about it. So I know you're big into dynasty. You're big into fantasy in general. I know you've done some sports gaming and gambling and other things like that, too, which is obviously part of your many different tools that you bring to the space. But we're going to lean on the dynasty junkies aspect tonight. We're going to lean on that that aspect of your brain. Uh, the only thing in news I really even put on the sheet was just that Cook, that, you know, Dalvin Cook wants to play for a contender. And I was like, duh, like, of course he does. And there's been some rumors kicking around that he might be signing with the New York Jets. I mean, I guess, I don't know, you're kind of plugged in as much as I am, maybe more, where it's like, what, how, how much validity do you really give that? Do you think that's actually going to happen? I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. What do you think? It doesn't feel particularly great, um, especially, you know, as, uh, you know, somebody who is rooting for my many Brees Hall shares in Dynasty. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't feel great, but I will tell you, Andrew, like the one thing that I keep thinking, and this is actually not like a Dalvin Cook thing, is the number of reports I feel like we've heard from the Jets organization and them being tied to various running backs. It feels like every time there's sort of been, you know, a free name or a big name um, in the conversation, the Jets have always just kind of been there. And it makes me just it. it gives me pause for just yeah. a moment because you know it, it I think we kind of assume that Brees Hall is going to come back he's going to be 100% obviously they need depth there um but it it does it 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 has a question mark a red flag up in my head what is their goal for the running back position like obviously We've seen Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, can can sustain, you know, one running back as a as a pass catcher. But what are they looking for in terms of is it, like, do they want to establish a committee? Is that the goal? Because if so, I, I've got to offload a couple of my Brees Hall shares before we come to that conclusion. Well, that was going to be my next question is what are we doing with Brees Hall on this news, right? This is not a signing. This is not actual news. This is speculation. This is the time of year where we see a lot of speculation and there's a lot of rumors and a lot of, you know, he's going to do this and he's going to do that. Like, we don't know any of that yet. So part of me is like, you know, maybe now might be a good time to buy low on Brees if somebody's panic selling. But I don't think this is enough news to really lower the value too much. Which then makes me think, like you were saying, now might be the time to get out, like before we even worry. Like the value hasn't changed. Maybe now's my out window as a sell RB4. window, in a sense. RB4 yeah. in the most recent uh, Dynasty startup ADP for the month of June. And yeah, it's, it, it's a like that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot, a lot. Um, that's a pretty big investment. And 
Brees Hall, you know, I love Brees Hall. It's such a talented running back, but I mean, it, you could have all the talent in the world, a la Ken Walker, um, you know, and all it takes is one Zach Charbonnet to come in and suddenly destroy your, your value as like a true workhorse. And we already know Hall's coming back from a torn ACL. It takes, uh, it's probably going to take, take him a minute to get back up to full speed, to really trust that knee and, and be the fantasy asset that you want him to be and, and be the touchdown score that he started to be at the end of last year. It, It just might take a second, but Again, it's there's something in the back of my head that you know, even if it's not Delvin Cook, um, even if it's you know not Zeke, like whoever whoever they've been rumored to, like the the fact that they haven't been out of the conversation on anybody, just again makes me a little bit hesitant about going all in at, on Brees Hall at RB four. Yeah, there's a lot of smoke. That's for sure. There's a lot. Of, they've, they've talked about this before. They still got Michael Carter. They drafted Israel Abanaconda. So it's like they're clearly trying to stack up something in that running back room behind Brees. That makes me feel like maybe they're nervous, which then makes me nervous, right? Uh, yeah. And again, you mentioned it, RB4 in DLF recent June ADP. And he's going right ahead of, which I think these guys might jump him with some of this news and some of the hesitancy. But you've got Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, and Chris Alave, four receivers right after him. And then Saquon Barkley at RB5 at 14 overall. I mean, Brees Hall has always been one of those guys that I think is is still worthy of that value. But this is the same kind of logic I went by a couple of years ago when Jonathan Taylor was RB1. And I'm like, now might be the time to get out, right? Like, yeah, he's RB2 now. Like His value hasn't dropped that much. But once you get to the top of the mountain, there's really nowhere left to go. And I mean, like, if, if RB1 is Bijan, which is... ADP says that too. Like that's always, I mean, that hasn't always, that's been the case since January or so, right? You got RB1 at Bijan, RB2, Jonathan Taylor, RB3 is Christian McCaffrey. Foreshadowing, we'll talk about him later. But uh, those three guys ahead of him, I mean, I don't know if Brees is even, even if he has like a really great season, is he going to get better than, the, is he going to leap those guys? I don't know. I mean, it's going to take something to happen. Now, granted, Aaron Rodgers on that offense does help. And I think that that helps the whole team get better because now they're a contender more so than they were with our buddy, Zach Wilson. I say buddy because everybody on the show hates him, especially Rocky. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that's just that makes me nervous, right? Like that Brees Hall could be a good candidate to move on from. Again, he was injured. He's going to you know be recovering. And we've seen that work well. We've seen it not work well. So there are some question marks. And at RB4, I don't want question marks. I want something I can kind of set it and forget it and not have to worry about. And if the jets are even considering adding another running back, I don't know that that makes me feel more nervous than I'd like to be with an RB four kind of value. So yeah, I'm kind of with you. I like the idea of, again, don't sell low on hall. Like let's hold on and see what you can get for him. But if you can get a great steal of a deal or something where it's like, I don't know, Jameer Gibbs and Chris Alave or something like Jameer Gibbs and a young receiver or something that you like, you know, one of those guys where you're still getting young, you're still getting age, uh, you know, time to, to grow and things like that. That might be worth doing. So, yeah, I don't I don't hate that. Uh, the only other question I had in relation to this news was what does that do for Dalvin Cook for you? Is Dalvin Cook going to the Jets? Does that make him a running back two for you? Like, is, I mean, in Dynasty, it's tough to say because he's not even on a team right now. I, I can't imagine him being a, a full fledged starter if Brees Hall is there. Right. I mean, like, what are we doing with Cook on this news? Does it even matter, I guess, for Cook? I don't think it matters a ton for cook. And I mean, just looking at the running back landscape, right? Like what is, you know, if we 
as fantasy managers had free reign over the NFL. Like, I don't even know where I'd want to send him. And that I think is a a testament of where this, this entire league is heading. It's crowded. Like the running back position is very crowded right now. And that is my general concern. And it's, it's part of the reason that I'm not really looking to invest. Like I still think, um, you know, like the, the one fit that I keep going back to, we talked about it uh, a, a couple episodes back on the Locked on Dynasty podcast, was the fit and the potential of Dalvin Cook in the Cincinnati Bengals offense. They've already made it clear. They're looking to, right? Don't get me right? started, Kate. Like, Careful. Don't get me started. That's, I'm excited. But that, that's, just that's what I want to see happen. I'm I'm all in on this scenario, I think I, like Dalvin cook, even at this stage in his career, even where he's sitting right now, um, you know, with the, the touches on his body, the, the, I still think he has more juice than we've probably seen from Joe Mixon, honestly, in most of his career. Like, let's be honest, Joe Mixon has not been an efficient running back. Uh, no. What carried him, especially in the, the 2021 season was the touchdown. So like, give me Dalvin Cook, where I do think there's still a lot of juice, despite, um, you know, the fact that he's he's aging. And I do think they could save a little bit of money. Like, I don't think Dalvin Cook on any roster is going to command more than $8 million. Like, boom, right off the top, you could save, you know, what, uh, $4 million? Four million dollars, like four, yeah, like four, six, yeah, something like and, that, yeah, a substantial amount, yeah. When you have a couple of players to pay and T Higgins and Joe Burrow, like four million dollars is going to help, like that. Yep, they're going to need every dollar. Yeah, yes, like it, they're going to be penny pinching, penny penny pinching penny by pinching. the end there of this. It's a tricky one, yeah. It was a tricky one. Um, penny pinching? They're going to no, be wait. penny penny. Okay. Penny pinching. Yeah. But I was saying like penny pinching. I could see screwing that. Right. Okay. Like, geez, that was way harder than it needed to be. Um, But like, I I think the fit would be so good. And I just, I, I'm so rooting for it to happen. And I, I want to see it release Joe Mixon. um, Let him be the odd man out, please. Cause I like, I've made it known that I'm not a, a Joe Mixon fan. Um, he's just, he's not been good. I'm sorry. Like I know yeah, he's not the prospect no. has been hey, like the prospect set, you know, the standards up here and the expectations up here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, when you look at any of his statistical prediction production, it, it hasn't been anything that you want, it, anything that you want in any sort of running back. Like, it's been volume and that's, yep. that's been the story of Joe Mixon. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm just, I'm so done with that. And I don't <laughs> think Dalvin it. cook yeah. I'm over it. And Dalvin cook is going to be, you know, I, I think a step up in most of those regards. The only thing I will say on the Dalvin cook to Cincinnati thing, again, I am a Bengals fan. I'm not hiding it. Anybody watching on YouTube or on Twitter. What? I, I would have had no idea. Me. I know. Color me giant... shocked. It's literally sitting right here. Yeah. I just, I, I got my new license plate, which is all Bengals player numbers. Like it's just, I, you know, I'm crazy. But the thing is the Bengals historically have not paid for a veteran running back. That's just not something that they've done. 
Um, they haven't, I don't think they've done it since like 2020, something like 20, I'm sorry, 2000, like 20 years. They haven't done it in a long time. Technically, so they paid Joe Mixon. Well, right. So they, they tend to give second contracts to their guys that they drafted, but they don't tend to pay veteran journeyman backs, even for one year contracts. It just hasn't been the way that it's been done. Now, that's not to say that they won't do it, right? It, I'm just saying, like, historically, they tended to not do that. But if I'm being honest, this team is in a Super Bowl window where the other teams for the last 20 years kind of weren't. And in my mind, that warrants a different path. Uh, I think if you add Dalvin Cook to this team and keep Joe Mixon and just put Cook on a one-year, $5 million, like, dirt-cheap kind of deal – for a veteran guy, which is what it sounds like Cook might actually be looking for is to go to a contender for a discount in a sense and try to get a ring before he's, you know, before he hits that age cliff. But if you put him and Mixon on this team, I think that makes them a definite contender because you've got Cook who can be that third down change of pace guy. And you've got Mixon who can be the bruiser who runs three yards, two yards, one yard into a back of an offensive lineman and falls down. And that frees Cook up to not be the only guy. It frees Mixon up to then also not be the only guy. So I would love it. And I've talked about this on multiple shows, on multiple places. I, you know, comment all the time on people's TikTok lives. I'm like, what do you think about Devil Cook? I'm trying to manifest the crap out of it, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. But my goodness, that team, imagine that team with Dalvin Cook. Like, that's immediately better. And that team is already really good. Not even a homer take. I'm saying, like, Adding Dalvin Cook to any team makes them better. I don't, I, that's objectively true. And if Agreed. you add them to a team that is potentially top five, let's be generous, top five in the NFL, that could put them top one, top two. And that's what you got to be in this league right now. You've got to have something that stands out. You really have to be, a, a, you know, above and beyond, especially in the AFC. So again, don't get me too excited here, Kate. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that would be, that would be a, I would get a Dalvin Cook jersey in a heartbeat. Let's put it that way. But, uh, with that, I think we've covered that because, again, it's pure speculation. But what else are we going to talk about in June? Right. We, we got to have something to keep the, the gears running and keep the, uh, the media machine moving. Right. Um, with that being said, is there any other news that you want to talk about or any other speculation or any other reports that you heard this week that you feel like might be worth talking out loud and, and thinking out loud in your way? Honestly, like we're we're scraping the barrels here. Um, Agreed. Uh, feelings, feelings Agreed. on Sony Michelle. Like I. I have, there are no feelings. Um, so no, Michelle. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm out, right? Like, I, you know, I'm just, I, I don't know. I, I, I've been burned by him one too many times. But there, yeah. there, is, there is this impending doom for a lot of running backs. I've mentioned this a couple times too, where we still have Zeke Elliott, free agent. We still have Leonard Fournette. We just talked about Dalvin Cook. We still got Kareem Hunt. Like, we've got James Robinson even now thrown into the free agency market. Like, and again, love him or hate him. He's going to hurt somebody's value, I think, at some point. And I think my opinion, he's better off as a free agent or somewhere else than he was on the Patriots. I don't think he was really going to get used there. So there's, there's going to be some other shoes that drop that really change the running back landscape, which is going to make it exciting, but you're right for now. It, we got nothing like there, there's literally <laughs> just like, we, we got nothing. And I'm glad we were able to spend about 10 or 15 minutes on that. That was awesome. But oh, yeah. with that, let's move into our topic of the evening. I know the, uh, the basic idea that we're trying to do here is we're trying to talk about each group in a slightly different way and so what we're doing is conferences and positions so this week is the nfc qbs um obviously the afc qbs are the fun batch and and i'll be honest like that's going to be a fun show whenever we get to it but nfc qbs have some fun exciting names in there too and i, I think sometimes maybe the afc can overshadow them so i like that we're splitting them up this way because it allows us to focus a little bit differently on these names 
Uh, we do have June 2023 ADP out for at least for one QB. I saw it on DLF. Uh, so that's what we're using for this. I'll kind of run through some of these names in, in different tiers, maybe, or kind of in, in what I believe to be different tiers. And then we can kind of talk about them in batches, if that's all right with you. So first thing, we've got Jalen Hurts at QB3, which I think is kind of in his tier of his own. But then Justin Fields at QB8, which I also think is in a tier of his own. So let's kind of talk about the two of them as like the, the top two NFC QBs. What do you think about Hertz? And then maybe what do you think about Fields? Like are these QB3, QB8, does that feel right to you? Yeah, I think it does feel right. Um, it, you know, Jalen Hurts, obviously we see him take a huge leap as a passer uh, once he gets A.J. Brown and, and like a true alpha wide receiver one, obviously has the rushing upside to complement that, you know, got paid. All oh, of yeah. those things uh, tell us, you know, we should be all in on Jalen Hurts. Um, Justin Fields, I, you know, I think the upside is certainly there, but QB eight feels right when you bake in the risk of like, does he take the leap forward as a passer? Just like, uh, you know, just like Jalen Hurts did. Um, yeah, like we know yeah. the rushing upside is there. We know um, he can make incredible plays with his legs, but what can he do with his arm? And that is the big question. And that, that is what is sort of holding him back. But you know, I, I do think this is like a moment for, you know, players that dynasty managers, if you are in on Justin Fields, like this is probably where the buy window snaps shut. Like mm. he either takes a, a big step forward and he's a top five dynasty quarterback or next off season. Like, I, I just don't see a lot of in-between areas for, Justin Fields in terms of his value. Cause I, I think this is a big prove it moment, right? Like how many, yep. you know, how many chances uh, will he get now that this team has made some investment at the wide receiver position with DJ Moore? They tried to invest with Chase Claypool as a Steelers fan. I'm forever grateful um, for, yes. that, <laughs> for that. I'm sure for you're happy with that trade. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I'm exceedingly happy with that trade, but I think with the question marks that Justin Fields has in terms of like longevity, in terms of, um, you know, him taking the next step forward, it feels like correct pricing. But again, if you're going to, to be all in on Justin Fields, like now is your moment. I, I kind of agree, actually. I feel like your, your moment might have been six months, eight months, 10 months ago, something like that. I feel like at this point, QB8 feels right. I agree with you. I think QB8 for Justin Fields. I mean, again, right ahead of him, you got Herbert at six and Lawrence at seven. I think I'd rather have both of them over Fields as much as I like his upside. And then right behind Wait, him, you got the rookie Anthony safer. Richardson. Well, yeah, yeah, and you got Anthony Richardson and Deshaun Watson, who have question marks of their own. Like, I'd rather have Fields over those two, right? So it's like, I, I like where he's placed in this ADP. I think it makes total sense. Yeah, I mean... And just to, to talk about Hertz for a second, I agree with everything you said there too. I mean, like his, his question marks last year were huge and we didn't know what was going to be. And he proved all the haters wrong and went to the Super Bowl and had a hell of a season. And now he only finds himself behind Mahomes and Allen. And I agree with that. That's right where he should be. So okay. yeah, I think there's, there's only so much you can really say about these guys other than, yep. Like that. Yep. I agree. They're, they're right where they need to be. Yeah. Um, I do think both of them too, though, I, I wouldn't be selling either. I, I'd be fine holding and kind of seeing where they go. Because I think, again, it's a, I hate to say it, but it's an injury riddled position. We do see crazy things happen. Kyler Murray, of course, came down, which we'll be talking about here in this next group. But Kyler Murray a year ago was being talked about as, you know, that one of those risers and 
unfortunately him falling, let other people rise up. And that's kind of what tends to happen in the ADP. So yeah, Hertz at three and Fields at eight. I think again, we, we agree. They all make sense there. The next group we'll talk about is uh, 11, 12, and 13 in the rankings in the ADP anyway. I shouldn't say rankings. ADP, we've got Dak Prescott at 11, Murray at 12, and Bryce Young, the rookie in Carolina at 13. So, I mean, just is this the right order maybe? Let's start with that. Prescott, Murray, and Young, does that make sense for you? And then are, are these guys kind of in the right range as well? I'm actually going to say, like, I, I feel like this particular order for – these three quarterbacks feels right. There's a quarterback uh, soon to come in this list that I do think might belong in the same conversation. But uh, in terms of ranking Dak, Kyler Murray, Bryce Young, I, I think that feels right to me. Dak Prescott, I, you know, again, we know exactly what Dak Prescott is like pretty much as safe as you're going to get at, at quarterback. And I do think that the addition of Brandon Cooks this offseason cannot be understated. Like, yes, you have CeeDee Lamb. I, I I think that the loss of Dalton Schultz, obviously a, a huge, huge loss for the Dallas Cowboys. But what that offense was missing was speed. And Brandon Cooks absolutely offers that. And he, he offers consistency at the position, which, I mean, Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb, you probably can't get a more reliable duo than that um like I, I just see the brandon cooks acquisition as such a big move in the right direction for dak and we've already seen tremendous upside for him we know he's able to uh you know snag a couple of of rushing touchdowns which you know are in most leagues you know more valuable for those in handy yeah like it, it comes in handy um we know he's capable of making some plays with his legs like he's not going to rely on those plays but you can count on a couple of those that that might win you those weeks. He's going to have some ups and downs, but um, you know, largely speaking, I think, you know, Dak, he's, he's a, a very steady quarterback. Um, and that, that feels right. Now you alluded to the injury of Kyler Murray being the, the thing that dropped his ADP. And I, I actually think Kyler Murray is such a fascinating player for dynasty right now. Cause I don't like, a torn ACL should not be the reason you are out on a player in dynasty. Like we, you know, especially at the quarterback position, I well, think unless they're like 35, right. Unless, unless they're like, they're at like the 35. End of a career, that's different, but I agree with you. Like, yeah. an ACL while it sucks is a great buy window. Right. It's and a, I'll just kind of jump in and say like Murray for me is a buy candidate QB 12. I feel like he's going to come back at some point this year. We don't know. I doubt that they hold him out all season, even if they're doing badly in November. I think they still get Murray out there to kind of knock the rust off and feel like what's going on. And I think he comes back in 2024, probably for the Cardinals, whether they want him or not. And I think he's going to be a top 12 quarterback again. But this might be the cheapest you see Murray, right? Like, that's kind of where it is. Like, the injury lowered his value, but I don't think it lowered his upside. I'm with you on that. I don't think it lowered his upside. Now, I do wonder, like... How much of the the concerns, you know, or maybe the ADP, like, is it actually the torn ACL? And that is probably my biggest question about Kyler Murray is, you know, I'm. Is it the call of duty? You know what I mean? Like, is it, is like, it the, is I, it I don't want, I didn't want to say it, but like, there is a, I think, general hesitancy and 
it's is it not the decision making is it the you know consistency is it the ability to stick to what you're doing and like focus yeah there's there's some of that off the field stuff whether you want to believe it or not that i think you don't is seeping put, in yeah you don't put those stipulations in a player's massive contract extension unless you have a concern about you don't do it as a joke it's this isn't a prank no. this isn't like oh ha 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 no it's a legal document that is binding that you are saying, if you are not able to pick up the playbook, we're going to get rid of you. That's a big deal. That's a red flag for a lot of things, you know? Which also, like, red flag just in general, if you have to put that, if you have to put that contract stipulation in uh, your, con like, long-term contract extension with your quarterback, maybe that is the moment where you step back and ask yourself some questions. But, hey, they, th this this entire front office just cleaned house probably for good reason. So I, I do have some of those concerns and I think the threat of, of this team being the worst in the NFL, I think it's a very legitimate threat. Uh, like this Arizona Cardinals team could absolutely be picking number one overall in right. 2024. That means you either get Caleb Williams as a consolation prize. You get Drake may as a, consolation prize whichever uh pick your poison let's see if if and we'll see how this season can, goes too right like we, we have a lot know. of things for those two yeah yeah and like obviously you can trade out of that position but we've already seen that you know the cardinals are willing to move on from a quarterback like this isn't a system that drafted kyler murray they don't have Exactly. loyalty yep. to Kyle Kyler Murray. They didn't offer him this contract. This is an entire new Arizona Cardinals. And if they truly do want to start over, start from scratch, if they are not enamored with Kyler Murray, Now's I don't like, like now yeah. would be the time. And yeah. you know, like, especially when, if you are in a position to draft a quarterback that is your guy, like that, uh, that that has me a little bit hesitant, and I think that that might be contributing slightly to that ADP, right? You're like not alone. Yeah, there there are definitely other people that have the same question marks, and I think again, where he's at here at QB twelve, I think makes sense because I think it's kind of it's almost like hedging as much upside as people are willing to hedge, and then hedging as much of the floor too, and just saying like, well, he might not play for them, and he might not be on the team next year. There's a lot of question marks, right? But at this range, sadly enough, I guess, uh, at this 11, 12, 13 group with Prescott, I, there are some question marks, but not many. Uh, but with, with Kyler, there are definitely question marks. And then with the other guy, Bryce Young, rookie, I mean, there's definitely question marks for a rookie. So this is kind of where it turns from, like, in my opinion anyway, set it and forget it studs into I'm, I'm trying to draft upside and I'm trying to switch over to the youth. I'm trying to switch over to running players. I'm trying to switch over to somebody that's got some, some you know, off the field question marks that are small, lowercase question marks. You know what I'm saying? Like that isn't a thing, but like little question marks. Right. And that's kind of where I think Bryce young has got some question marks, but they're kind of like, he should, he should be good. We'll see how he's got. And then with Kyler, it's like, he should be good. We'll see what we got. Those are, those are little question marks as we get deeper. And I, I'm kind of curious, I guess who you were going to bring up because I know it's in this group. I know who I would call out of this group. Um, next set of NFC QBs. We've got QB 16 Kirk cousins. 17 Daniel Jones and 18 Geno Smith. I'll kind of put those three in another batch. Which of those three were you going to say belongs in that group with 11, 12, 13, like we were talking about before? 
Her cousins, baby. Hell yeah. Has to be, right? Let's Justin go. Jefferson, you got Jordan Come Addison. On. Like that team is locked and loaded. I can't believe old Don't man Kirk is 16. That's a steal. Yeah. Such a steal. There is no better QB2 that you could possibly have in a two quarterbacks two quarterback or, or super flex format. Like, period. It is mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. It's just it's crazy to me. So um, over the last three years ranks fifth in passing yards, fifth in passing touchdowns, seventh in NFL passer rating, uh, like fourth, uh, tied for fourth in attempts of 20 or more yards, uh, tied for the seventh or yeah, tied for the seventh most yards per attempt. Like Kirk cousins has dominated this league as a passer and he's been so freaking safe. And yeah. like, I know you want to draft upside, but when you're looking at, you know, some of the players, like I think the optimum outcome and obviously, you know, age is, it comes into factor there, but like Bryce young, when you're thinking about his potential as a passer, like he's not necessarily going to be a rushing quarterback. Um, so like when you're looking at Bryce young and, and kind of the, you know, if he's not going to be a running quarterback, I kind of want him to turn into Kirk cousins. Like, that's my goal yeah. from a fantasy perspective is to have him perform like Kirk Cousins if he is going to be more of that pocket passer. So I'll just take Kirk Cousins later, I guess. That's well, and that's I, where I I'm completely at. agree. It, and kind of the stats that you said, I, I'm just looking at last year because again, I, the years are so different, and they added Addison, which I think is only going to help, in my opinion. Yes, but he was fourth in completion, fourth in attempts, fourth in yards. And then fifth and touchdowns. Like, what are he played all 17 games? Like, what I, I, well, huh? Like, granted, he was QB eight overall and then QB like 17 on points per game, which is where I think some of this is like he does throw some picks. He had 14 interceptions last year, which is not great. But you know who else had 14 interceptions was Josh Allen. And we're now anointing him king. And it's like it, 14 interceptions to 29 touchdowns. I don't mind that, right? That's okay with me. And again, if you've got Justin Jefferson on your team, much like, again, with the Bengals with Jamar Chase, like throw a 10-yard route and it's a 30-yard touchdown easy. You know, like I just feel like Kirk Cousins is criminally underrated in Dynasty. And again, Rocky Petrella, who was on this podcast, who says it all the time, like Kirk Cousins is his favorite QB. He's, I, I've got a couple teams where he's my QB one and I'm fine with it. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. a little light at QB, but I got Cousins in love or Cousins in golf and I'm just happy as hell to be like, that's fine with me. I think his upside is terrific. So again, to kind of round this out, let's let's talk about the other guys because we can hype up Cousins all day. I'm fine with that. But we <laughs> got to talk about these other guys, right? 16 was Cousins, 17 was Daniel Jones, and 18 was Geno Smith. In my mind, Daniel Jones has a lot of question marks. He had a great year, but they don't really have a stellar receiving core. Yeah, they added Darren Waller, and Barkley, of course, is still there. And there's a lot of talk out of camp or mini camps or whatever about Paris Campbell being the guy, which I will, when I see it, I'll believe it, but I don't till then. I guess, what do you think about Daniel Jones? Does this feel right to you at QB 17 or, or does that feel too high, too low? What do you think? That feels fine. I, I feels Exactly. Fine. It's like, all right. <laughs> sure. I'll take it. Like if we're, yeah, if we're in this range, that's fine. I think, you know, like from a, a standpoint of, upside um he's not like the most exciting player but no. it, like we did see uh you know and we've seen this kind of time time and time again throughout his career though last year was the first time we saw it consistently was some of that rushing upside um you wouldn't guess that little Danny Danny Dimes was like a, right. a 
a quarterback with any sort of rushing Joking upside. Joking and jabbing, breaking those ankles. Like, he actually didn't do bad, yeah. It wasn't bad. Like, he was actually a really fun to watch quarterback. I hate to say it. But, I mean, 708 rushing yards, seven touchdowns. And, like, let's not forget that, like, this isn't even his first – like, it, it's, it's not his first rodeo in terms of – uh, having some rushing production, it hasn't had a single season with fewer than 275 rush yards, which like, I think is just kind of a nice floor, right? Like that's a yeah. really nice floor. And if the ceiling is 708 rushing yards, like, and, and he falls somewhere in between there, like I'm going to, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take that for sure. And I do think that the addition of Darren Waller is going to be really huge because I mean, he did this all last year. You know, this is going to be a second year with, uh, you know, like this, the staff and, and this receiving core, you know, Isaiah Hodgins, like he was actually mm-hmm. able to make some of these receivers and, and vice versa work kind of efficiently. Yeah. Um, you know, like if we can get that touchdown rate up a little bit from a, a passing perspective, like, best year of his career only uh through 1.1 interception rate like that you're gonna take that all day i i think where Mm -hmm. he can improve is is definitely some more of the the consistency and and you know obviously being able to make those those throwing touchdowns but you know what helps that like good receivers and i i think darren waller you know the move that the giants made they didn't sign a wide receiver one, but they kind of did. Like they kind of, they kind of got a, a wide receiver one in Darren Waller, and I think Waller ain't no slouch. Goal. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, he's un- he's a little bit underrated. I think Waller is too because he's injured and there's this. He's getting older, but tight ends old doesn't matter yet. Like we're fine. We're gonna uh, talk he- about Darren Waller too. I know. I was gonna say another foreshadowing in a sense because yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But I, I did want to mention this because this kind of uh, I wouldn't say it blew my mind. That's a little bit excessive, but this this stat sort of stood out to me. Um, Daniel Jones with his 708 yards, which I think you mentioned, was QB five, you know, fifth in, in quarterbacks for rushing last year. Sixth place was Marcus Mariota at 438. Like there's a huge tier break there of like 260 yards different, 270 yards difference, right? Like. He was in the top five and there was nobody close behind him. So again, like you said, even if he tails off a little, let's say he gets 500 yards rushing, that's still the fifth best ish, right? Like that's because I don't think Marcus Mariota is doing it this year. Let's be honest. And then behind, obviously Marcus Mariota was Kyler Murray, who again, I don't think he's going to be a threat this year. Behind him was Geno Smith with 366 at eight. Like I just, I'm not worried about Geno Smith rushing. He's in this category too, but like Daniel Jones is a runner, and I feel like nobody really realizes that he had a 5.9 rushing average. That doesn't suck. Seven touchdowns on the on the ground. That again doesn't suck. That's the same as Josh Allen. Like he he puts up Josh Allen rushing numbers and gets no credit for it. It's crazy to me. So again, in, in my mind, I agree with what you said at the start of this. His QB 1780p makes sense because I think his passing is limited. His passing upside is is a little bit wishy-washy, but his rushing floor really does make him a valid QB two candidate in super flex leagues. And I he's think the again, opposite he, of Kirk cousins, really. I was just like, going to say like, and, and it's funny, he's going right behind Kirk cousins who <laughs> doesn't run the ball at all. And is a terrific passing attack, but both of them could be a QB one in, in some weeks are QB ones. And if, again, if you're weak at the QB position in super flex, that's a terrific candidate to go out there and get just like Kirk cousins. But even then, I think the value, while he's only one position lower, the value on Daniel Jones is probably lower 
you could probably get him significantly cheaper than Kirk Cousins at 16. And I know we haven't talked much about Geno Smith, but it's Geno Smith. I don't know what there is to say. He's he's going to be there. He's going to be the guy. And I don't think we disagree with that 18 rating. But I do want to move on because there's another batch here that I think is interesting. And I'll kind of round out the rest of them. And we can kind of just put this into a bucket of what do you think about any of these guys? But uh, again, this is June 2023 ADP. It just came out for one quarterback leagues. We've got QB 20, Jared Goff, 21, Jordan Love. 23, Trey Lance, which was a little bit confusing, and I have some questions. 25, Derek Carr with New Orleans, now in the NFC. 27, Brock Purdy, which again, question marks. 28, Desmond Ritter. 30, Sam Howell. 32, Matt Stafford. And 33, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is going as QB 33 as a starter. I I get it, and it, it confuses me. But which of these guys do you want to talk about for a hot minute here, Kate, and kind of put your opinion on of, like, is this right? Is this wrong? Where are we at? Like, any of these guys stand out to you? Let's talk about Sam Howell. Uh, who okay. Might be... All right, good. Let's, let's talk let's about do him. that. Let's, <laughs> let's open the door. The Band-Aid. I really liked Sam Howell last year. Like, coming out of the draft as a Steelers fan, I was super bummed uh, when we didn't walk away from this draft with Sam Howell. Now mm. he fell in this draft. Everybody did, of course. Um, wasn't you know wasn't a, a good year for the quarterback position in uh, in general, right? It, now, even last year, um, he had one start. It was week eighteen. It was meaningless. Uh, you know, only threw one hundred and sixty nine yards, one touchdown, one interception, but. What I find really interesting about Sam Howell is he has some of this mobility and rushing upside, uh, and he has a, a nice frame uh, to sustain some of that mobility, maybe be a little rough and take some hits. Um, in his first career start, uh, as in the regular season, five rush attempts, 35 yards, and a rushing touchdown, saw some of that rushing upside in the preseason too. Mm-hmm. Now, you got... Jahan Dotson, uh, right? You got Terry McLaurin. Like, I think that's a pretty nice. Curtis Samuel, I think, is still there, right? Or am I mistaken? Like, did he go to Carolina like everyone else? No, I, I think he is still, still there. there. Uh, I, I always forget because he just he's he's just injured all the time. Um, yeah, he's with the Commanders. Yep, he is with the Commanders. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I, I actually think that's a pretty decent crew. They kind of unlocked Antonio Gibson a little bit too as a receiver last year and Mm. um, probably a little bit underrated in terms of his usage and PPR leagues, but love Sam Howell. And I I think there's rushing upside, but I think the question marks about a, the Washington commanders, uh, but also B, you know, their commitment to him at the quarterback position could make him, a really interesting value at QB 30 in terms of like, there's no risk in, in investing no. at that point at QB 30. Um, but I do think it like, there is potential that he starts throughout this season and, um, and potentially longer. Cause like, let's not forget last year. Yes. One is a fifth round pick, but Sam Howe was projected to potentially go in the, the first round. Like, yeah. The the talks were very lively. He reminds me of like a, a perfect blend of Baker Mayfield and Russell Wilson. Like if you take Baker Mayfield more as as like a passer and and just his his vibes as a quarterback. His and vibes, I like that. Russell yeah. Wilson, like his mobility and and his poise. Young and, Russell Wilson, yes. Yes. Like yeah. it 
that's what Sam Howell reminded me of coming out of the draft. And I think it could be a, a nice fit, right? With the, the commanders and the receiving core that they have. Well, so here's where I want to go with Sam Howell. I, I actually asked this on Twitter this week. I'm like, does anybody have like any tape on Sam Howell? Like, he only had one start, right? Like, can somebody sell me on him? And there really wasn't a whole lot. Like, there, are, there just aren't any metrics that we can use in the NFL. He had one game. It was week 19. But I think you hit on the exact thing I wanted to mention with him was he had one rushing touchdown at, in his first start. That's kind of impressive, right? Like, let's be honest. Like that, that that's that's something that's it's a little spicy. I kind of like that, right? In one start, <laughs> he's got 18 points for a QB in week 19. Again, it didn't matter. Um, but it's like, hey, you know, he's he's got well, week 18. I guess I keep saying 19, but like he's he's got this, he's got this ability to maybe be a running quarterback. I do as as kind of a downside, I do think his leash is pretty short. I think that the commanders are kind of in this. We got to see what we got. And if it's not going to win, we got to move on kind of a state. And I think Jacoby Brissett is no slouch. I think that there is a, you know, a non-zero chance that Brissett starts 12 games and Howell starts six, you know, or five or whatever it is. Like, I think that Brissett has a chance to start more games. It kind of depends on how the team builds around him. But I wouldn't be shocked either if Hal starts all 17 and is QB 20 for the year. And is just kind of like a locked and loaded QB two every week. And Again, his value right now is, like you said, very. there's no risk. His value right now is on DTC and Dynasty Trade Calculator, to use a different format in a sense, is 10.5, which is equivalent to the 2.02 in rookie picks this year, which on DLF ADP, to go back to that source, is Josh Downs. And, and that's, again, in one quarterback leagues. We're talking one quarterback versus Superflex is a little wonky. Actually, here, let me let me go apples to apples just to be safe, because I know that that is not accurate in Superflex. Let's be clear. Uh, so in Superflex, it's Con- Kendry Miller. Perfect. That's a much better player. Kendry yeah. Miller or Sam Howell, which one would you rather have? Like, clearly, Josh Downs is not the answer. But Kendry Miller, I could see people thinking Kendry Miller is a good pick. It's rookie rookie fever season is still among us and, and kind of deep in that season. I would gladly train Ken, trade Kendry Miller for Sam Howell. I think you're entirely right. It's hard to get a QB like that who's a starter, and I think he's criminally underrated. So if that's the cost is the 2.02 in Superflex drafts, I don't know. That just feels like a slam dunk to me. Am I wrong, or do you agree? I, I know you're hyping Howell up, but that's got to feel cheap to you, right? It definitely feels cheap, although I will say I do love Kendra Miller. I, I do too. I, I'm not hating. I'm just like, saying. I love it. So that that would at least that trade specifically, if I'm if that pick is on the clock and they offer me that or they offer me Sam Howell straight up for that pick and I'm staring at Kendra Miller, it's enough to give me give me pause. But um, another note, like it just in the preseason. So like we talk about that, that rushing upside uh, in Week three of the preseason. And again, I know it's the preseason. Leave me alone. Um, (laughs) Week three of the preseason, 62 rushing yards. Week one of the preseason, uh, three attempts, 19 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. So this man has scored uh, three rushing touchdowns in his career, albeit one in the regular season. But it's not like we just saw that single flash. Well, he um, we've kept actually up seven seen, yard average. Yeah. Like yeah he, he's we, still we, running well. Yeah. We've seen, we've seen uh, a tendency at least towards the run um, and, and a propensity towards the run for Sam Howell in the very limited action we've seen, even if like as a passer hasn't necessarily shown a lot of bright spots, but 
you know, another, another off season in the books, the, you know, a healthy Jahan Dotson all season. Um, I think the potential is there. I'm with you entirely. And I want to pivot to the other, I guess, discussion for me that there's a lot of good quarterbacks in this range that we could spend hours talking about, but the one that comes to mind is the San Francisco debacle. I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this. There's, there's yeah. just all sorts of question marks around this, but Trey Lance at QB 23 and Brock Purdy at 27. I mean, these two guys could not have different draft capital. Like they literally like traded everything for QB like third overall for like their QB one of the future for Trey Lance. And then it just kind of like it got injured and it didn't pan out. And then Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy comes in as the last pick in the draft that it was kind of like a, I wouldn't say it was a luxury pick, but it was kind of like, yeah, I guess we'll take him. Like it's the last pick in dodgeball. Like clearly nobody wants you. And he comes in and kind of dominates last year for a good stretch when they needed the wins the most. Um, I mean, maybe the easiest question is which would you rather have Lance or Purdy in dynasty right now? I mean, with the draft capital for Lance, I'm tend to lean that way, but Purdy's put it on the field and has actually showed what he can do. I mean, Lance at 23, Purdy at 27, which would you rather have? Ugh. That says it all. That says it all. I agree. With I, you. <laughs> the, the issue. So I feel like the, the Kyle Shanahan debacle is just like an issue in and of itself. Like, his system is quarterback friendly, but I also think that makes it a lot harder for them as a team to evaluate the quarterback position and make decisions. And I think that has put them in a never ending conundrum. It feels like in terms of uh, evaluating who they actually want to be their starter, their future, who they actually see as their franchise guy, because like, Everybody looks good in the Kyle Shanahan offense. So like, right. yeah, it's going to make your decision making hard. I have concerns about the fact that like in this offense where everybody looks pretty good, they're still not bought in to Trey Lance. Like, yeah, that that's the biggest concern for me. But I also like I, I it's really hard to say like, OK, so maybe. San Francisco's not the spot for Trey Lance. Like, mm. you know, maybe he gets a second opportunity and you know the the upside is there in terms of production, but like also you it's hard. He's 23 years old. He hasn't he's not experienced. Like in the NFL, he wasn't a very experienced quarterback at the collegiate level like well yeah he was in he the doesn't the, have reps. fbs or whatever right? he wasn't even in like the, the actually he was in the, the lower tier right and it didn't do I, maybe i'm mistaken on that but i'm with you like his college career wasn't great either he didn't have that many starts I, yeah he, he i think he's thrown less than like 500 career passes since college it, that like that is an estimate but it's very close if it's not accurate um uh, now, now I gotta, I gotta. I'm do looking because I'm curious yeah. too. Um, there were it just it's not, it's not a deal breaker because again he's only 23 years old, but it's something that like I I think is relatively concerning at the very least in terms of him getting live reps like those yeah. those live reps are so incredibly valuable especially for a quarterback that was raw coming out to begin with and needed so desperately to get reps. He hasn't got them. Uh, you know, last year was due to injury the year. Like it, it's just, 
it's kind of a mess, um, but it's really hard to overlook maybe what he could do if given a second opportunity. And I mean, the nice thing is like, I don't really think it's going to cost any team much if they do want to take Sadly a flyer. For San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like they, they spent a lot on him and, I don't know. And it just, I, I wanted to make sure I cover this because you mentioned it and I, I was thinking the same thing you were that he, I don't think he's even thrown 500 passes and you're exactly right. Based on the stats I'm looking at 318 attempts at North Dakota state, 318 and 102 in the NFL, which is yep. 420 babies so 420 passes. Hey, yo. Now again, this doesn't count practices or preseason or spring games. Like, I okay. So again, let's, let's round up rough. and say 500. Like, Still, yeah. that yeah, that's even even if you get like the most generous way possible, even if it's 500, that still ain't much. I'm sorry, like that's still like just not for five years of stats to have an average of less than 100 a year of attempts. I'm nervous. I'm nervous, and I think San Francisco is nervous too. And that's what we're seeing, and that's why we're seeing Brock Purdy rise up these ranks. I know that in uh, I think it was December uh, in one league where there was no trade deadline, which is again. T- hashtag team no trade deadlines. I traded Rock yeah. Purdy for a first. And I was just like, you know, I let me get out while I can. I don't know what he's going to do. Like, I felt like that was a good price. And it's still a good price. Like, even as of right now on DTC, because again, I was curious. I'm always curious. Uh, Brock Purdy is going at about the 112 as a price. And I'm like, I, I get that. I could see sending the 112. And then Trey Lance is going for about the 109, like 109, 110. So again, Lance is still valued more. I think a lot of that, though, is like I said, draft capital. Right. Like the team invested so much in him. They can't just bench him. Sure. They can, especially Shanahan, like Shanahan doesn't care. And I made this point a number of times last year, whenever I talked about Brock Purdy, I'm like, literally you could put me at quarterback for the Niners and it'd probably be fine. You know what I mean? Like you got such a great team around him. Like, and I'm not trying to belittle Brock Purdy again. He is better at football than I will ever be at anything. I'm not saying, (laughs) I'm just saying it doesn't take much to be good in that offense. And I think again, if Brock Purdy was on Washington fighting with Sam Howell, that would be a valid fight. Uh, and I think with San Francisco, they just need somebody who's going to be there, who's not going to mess it up and is not going to turn it over. And that could be Purdy. And and that's what makes this whole thing kind of crazy. Again, June ADP in one QB leagues, especially Trey Lance at QB 23 and Brock Purdy at 27. I am really curious to see what those two numbers do as we head through the rest of the summer. But um, one question I do want to ask as we kind of wrap this up, and there are a bunch of names we didn't talk about, but is there anybody that you're looking at? I mean, we try to lean NFC, but is there anybody you're looking at in the quarterback position that's kind of a sleeper for you? Somebody that may be deeper in dynasty leagues that may not be on waivers, but that you can get for a third or something that like as a throw in on a trade. Is there any QBs that you're trying to add on the cheap before we get to the season? Sam Howell is definitely my my he's a good like, one. He's my throw in guy. Like I'm I'm always gonna try to sneak him into a trade, but um, shout out to Gino Smith. I like, I just want to shout him out cause we didn't talk on, on right. him a ton. Um, but like ADP is, is absolutely perfect. What is the update for, for June? Can you remind me? Um, QB 18 for Gino, are you talking about QB 18? Yes. Yeah. So last month, uh, he's actually falling last month, QB 15. Um, but one of four quarterbacks with 30 more passing touchdowns, uh, the only, quarterback in the nfc to throw 30 or more passing touchdowns fun fact that's kind of um, cool. ranked first in completion percentage uh fourth in passing touchdowns fifth in passer rating he dominated and he had a really nice rushing floor i think at qb 18 
I'm going to be all over that. Like, are we actually here thinking that, um, you know, the, the trio of DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then we're going to pair it with Kenneth Walker and, and Zach Charbonnet with, you know, some, I think receiving upside, like, yeah, I'm going to take that all day. I'm going to take the guy that's throwing to uh, what might be one of the best receiving trios in the entire NFL. No, you're entirely right. And I think again, that QB 18, if he's still falling and again, it's, it's ADP and we're going to see how that comes out in July. It's, it's falling, but not, you know, cratering. It's, it's just leveling out. I think there's more people rising than him falling is really what it is. Um, I think I'm entirely with you though. Like that offense, if we're expecting them to do well, doesn't that mean Gino's going to have to do well too? Like, you know, a rising tide raises all boats kind of a thing. Like I'm with you on that. My, my sleeper is even deeper though. And, and I, I like mentioning this. I've talked about this on other podcasts. Please too, tell me it's not Kyle Trask. It's not, it's not, I I'm not a huge fan of Kyle Trask. I do like Baker Mayfield though at QB 33. I think there's a chance he plays for them all season, but no, it's actually much deeper. It's Malik Willis. I know a lot of people are out on him and are kind of thinking he's washed and he's terrible. You can get him for almost nothing right now. And I would not be at all shocked if the Titans end up either trading or cutting him and he goes to another team like Las Vegas where the the quarterback room is a little shallow and Garoppolo might be on a short leash. We've talked about this on uh, other podcasts and other teams and all that. There's a whole bunch of teams that could use another quarterback for depth. Um, Again, my Bengals are one of them, right? Like Malik Willis, while he is... You know, kind of problematic in the NFL and people didn't really like what they saw from him and maybe just it wasn't a good fit. And I think if you get him to a different team, they obviously they drafted Will Levis. They still have Ryan Tannehill, which that's an AFC quarterback we'll talk about. But again, I'm looking at it like Malik Willis is almost free. I'd rather have him on my bench than, you know, receiver 100 in Dynasty. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather have one of those guys that could be worth something quicker than, I don't know, uh, Jacoby Myers even or something like one of those guys like maybe not Jacoby. Like somebody in those deeper receiver ranks, like, you know, that you're not really worried about starting. We talk about it a lot with Scott and other people on this, where it's the threshold QB or threshold receiver, right? Where it's like after QB or sorry, after wide receiver 50 or 60, it's kind of like, who cares? You know, like those are all just about the same anyway. You know, Chase Claypool, our our friend of the podcast, Chase Claypool, who I know you're a huge fan of as a Pittsburgh, because he got you the 32nd overall picks. You got to love the guy now. Um, I do have a Chase, Chase Claypool jersey. So well, so which would you rather have, Chase Claypool or Malik Willis? You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of trade. Like, I, I could see people saying Chase Claypool, but I'd be like, I don't, I'm never going to start Claypool. You know what I mean? I'm just never going to feel confident. I'd rather have the quarterback that could go somewhere and blow up and I could trade him for more. So I just think his upside yeah. is still there, even though we don't talk about it. The, the upside is still there. And I think people, like, we, we definitely don't, I think, give enough credit to the fact that, like, we knew he wasn't like a refined quarterback he wasn't a I think it was a project yep but the interesting thing is I I don't think the Titans really had or the you know like I don't I don't think their coaching staff had a lot of like you know oomph to actually make the investment and that develop like they they've never really seemed overly interested in developing Malik Willis and I bingo that's just like me from the outside. I'm not in the building, but like as a a consumer of all things NFL, it's never seemed to me that they're they're they've expressed a lot of interest in advancing him to or molding him into their to make him the guy, right? Yeah, like yeah. It, and it's I I think the 
person that, or the team that drafted Malik Willis had to know, like he's got the physical tools. He's got, you know, I, I think, you know, a great leader, like these things, these intangibles are there, but we need to work on the mechanics. We need to work on, you know, some of, of the more basic aspects of quarterbacking and, and get him reps. And I, I don't really get the sense that the Titans were all that, that interested in being patient with that. Prospect. I agree. That's you know, what there, there is an NFC team that I, I was just thinking about this while you were mentioning that, like they, they're not interested in, in waiting and kind of making sure he's the right guy and investing the time in him. There is a team that I could see him going to in the NFC. That would be a great fit for him. A great fit for the team. They have a need for a younger quarterback. It's the Rams with Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. Imagine Malik Willis on the Rams. They obviously traded, you know, went and got Baker Mayfield. They didn't trade and they signed him. But like they clearly know they need somebody behind Matt Stafford who is becoming Mr. Glass at this point and getting a little <laughs> bit more injury prone. But again, like if you've got John Wolford as the backup there, like, you know, I, I'd much rather have Malik Willis and McVay could do amazing things with Malik Willis. You know, as a quarterback savant, in a sense, like could teach the hell out of that kid and do the right thing. Have him hold a clipboard. Stafford is not done yet. He's probably got at least one or two years left. That's the perfect situation for somebody like Willis. And then again, heaven forbid that, uh, you know, something happens to Stafford. Willis might not be a bad fit on that offense. They need some sort of spark, right? They're getting Cooper Cup back. They've got uh, Puka Nakua, the, the rookie guy that everybody's talking about. They got Van Jefferson. Cam Akers, right? Like they got a couple of player playmakers there that I think Malik Willis would be a good fit. So to bring it back to the NFC, I wouldn't be shocked if we see Tennessee cut or trade him and and something like that kind of crazy happens. But with that, we're going to wrap up our NFC QB talk. I think that was good. I think, again, we could spend hours talking about these guys. I love it. But I, I feel like We've done enough. We've covered this. So let's uh, let's move forward in our podcast tonight. We're going to get next up. We're just going to talk about a quick trade. And I did want to bring this up because I love this one in the Dynasty Junkers, Dynasty Junkies one listener league had another trade after the two we talked about last week. Unleash the Dragon gave up Alexander Madison for to Funky Bunch for Tajay Spears. I'm curious, Kate, what do you think of this trade? Which would you rather have Tajay Spears back up in Tennessee or Alexander Madison, a parent new RB1 from Minnesota. Which of these guys do you prefer? Smash Alexander Madison. Smash. To, right? Come on. That's a dirt Smash. cheap deal. I'm curious. I didn't ask. I wanted to ask, but I'm like, I kind of want to see. When was this, this trade? It was literally last week. It was after the Dalvin Cook cut. Like it was this week that this happened. Wow. I can Good only job, imagine... Funky Bunch. Good yeah, job. Yeah, exactly. Funky Bunch got a steal here. I can only imagine this being sent as like, hey, uh, maybe you want the backup. Maybe Unleash the Dragon is, I mean, again, not really contending in this league. I am maybe assuming things here, but it's tough to say anyway. Maybe there was some logic of like Spears is going to take over for Henry and is the better long-term asset. Maybe somebody goes into to Minnesota and hurts Madison, but all of that is speculation, and you're looking for both of those things to occur in the best possible way for this trade to make sense. I Yeah, for me, it was Madison easily, and I was kind of surprised to see the trade, so... Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I'm not missing something, right? Like, is Ty J Spears that good? I don't know. I love Alexander Madison. So, I I mean, it's like it's the health concern for me, um, in terms of like, what is his his longevity in the NFL? He doesn't have an ACL. Like, I don't know what that even means medically. Um, but the I I think the overall concerns about his health. Uh, were enough to make him fall in the actual NFL draft uh, for a team that that likes to run 
players into the ground, although Derrick Henry refuses to be run into the ground. Like <laughs> he's too tall. He just like, he can't get into the ground. He's so tall. <laughs> I just don't think like they're not going to be able to use Tajay Spear in a Spears in a way that's gonna complement like the usage of Derrick Henry. Give me Alexander Madison, who's probably gonna be a lock to finish top twelve this year. Like I don't see a universe where he doesn't. And yeah, yeah smash, smash. Yeah, barring like something crazy, an but error. I don't know. That was my other thought. I hate assuming drunk trades, but let's be honest, we've all done this. Where you're like, I thought I was getting the other yeah. side, but now you got me. You got me. I have to honor it. Like, okay, yep. fine. Uh, <laughs> n- nobody came complaining, so and, and we didn't talk about it much in the chat because it was one of those like, nobody say anything. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't want to ruin someone's deal here. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting one. Again, just worth bringing up. But now we're into the final segment of the night. Our favorite segment. I'm at least my favorite segment which is the find me a trade, which I'm very excited about. Find me a trade. Find- That's right. Brian Har with the find me a trade logo news. Uh, I, I don't know, bite sound bite. I'm not going to pull it up because it's just the two of us, but I will read through this briefly and then I'll let you get into your trade. This one is uh, submitted by Matt Maruki and at Maruk 16 on Twitter. Uh, it is the Superflex Superfly League, which this is the third team in this league that we've done. So we've got a bunch of listeners in one league, which I love when this happens. And we've done other trades on Find Me a Trade for other teams in this league. So this guy, Cheesehead Dad, I guess it's Cheesehead Ad, how do you want to put it, uh, is the team name is Fields of Dreams, which I love that. That's a good one. And hopefully we can find one for Matt, like we found out for uh, Corey, I think, and one of the other guys. I forget who the other one we had. But this is a 12-team, half PPR, no tight end premium Superflex league, which I love Superflex. Of course, we're a very Superflex-friendly show. Uh, it is a start 10 quarterback, running back, running back, receiver, receiver, tight end, three flex, and a super flex. So, again, pretty solid starting lineup. I think that it's start 10 is kind of the minimum anymore and from what I've seen. But, again, three flex and a super flex. Matt's thoughts was he's weak at tight end and running back depth, although that's improved with Madison's recent promotion. Again, kind of talking about Madison already. Uh, just kind of looking if there's a way I can trade into an upgraded tight end because I don't have any draft capital left. Past few years have been middle of the pack. I, I think when I looked at this team, I was like, there are some holes. There are some things that we can try to find here. Maybe there's some help. Uh, I'll, re- I'll briefly run through his roster. Again, super flex league. Keep that in mind. He's got Justin Fields and Joe Burrow. Love it. That's a solid one, too, at, at uh, quarterback. He's got Cooper Rush, Jameis Winston, Case Keenum, Jaron Hall. I don't even know who Jaron Hall is, but I love the depth. Take, take the guys. Uh, so, again, quarterback two, and then it falls off a cliff. But, again, two terrific starters. Running back, he's got Christian McCaffrey, Alexander Madison, like we mentioned, uh, James Cook, Kendry Miller, and then Trey Sermon and Travis Homer. I agree. Running back depth, a little light, not terrible, a little light. Receiver, he's, and I'll just read these in order. Charlie Jones, Robert Woods, Tyler Boyd, Christian Kirk, DJ Chark, Richie James, Marquise Brown, Debo Samuel, Darius Slayton, Nick Westbrook-Kine, and the premium of the bunch, Devonta Smith. I think, again, not a bad receiver room. There's really no solid option other than Smith in my mind. Obviously, Debo's still good. I think Marquise Brown has some upside, Christian Kirk, yada, yada. Now we got the tight end group, and this is just, I'm hoping something hits. I love this one. You got Cole Komet, Will Disley, Trey McKitty, Jake Ferguson, Isaiah Likely, and Tucker Craft. Just big oof on that one. Like, that's that, you're right. That is tight end is where you need the most help. Uh, draft picks for 2024. He has two fourths, two fifths. So none of the other picks really. And then a full slate of 25 and 26 picks. So with that, Kate, I want to get into your trade first again, because it kind of hits on some of the names we've already talked about, but I'm just kind of curious 
what did you think of this team? Where would you go with this? And then what kind of trade did you come up with? Definitely agree. The needs for this team are running back and tight end. And I think the best way to accomplish this is by going after your elite aging running back and breaking this into a couple of pieces that are going to get you depth. So my suggestion, good friend, is to send Christian McCaffrey to your good friend, Dirty Bish. I'm obsessed <laughs> with that name. I love that uh, name, yeah. Send Christian McCaffrey and receive Ramondre Stevenson, Darren Waller, or Evan Engram, which it, both of those, it, like, pick your poison, honestly. I'm pro Darren Waller. Uh, I, I Again, I, I've already said this. I think he's going to function as this team's wide receiver one in 2023. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones taking uh, more steps forward, yada, yada. But the nice thing is, like, that's that's not going to be enough. It's Christian McCaffrey. Like, this is a top-end running back. So you get Ramondre Stevenson, Darren Waller, and ask for those two 2024 second-round picks. So build up some of that draft capital and – if nothing else, you can trade some of those picks and package those uh, for, you know, some upgrades where else you see fit. I don't want to take down the quarterbacks because I think there's so many questions with Justin Fields, but you could be getting a top five quarterback if he develops as a passer. So I'm not looking to move on from from either him or Joe Burrow. I think I think. Christian McCaffrey and trading Christian McCaffrey for other assets that could be maybe, you know, getting a little bit younger at the position while sacrificing just a little bit of that upside. That would be my goal. I dig it. I think actually the, the thing I like most about this trade is the two 24 seconds, because then in my mind, anyway, the easy counter is, okay, I'll just take one and I'm still fine with this trade. You know what I mean? Like just give me yep. some sort of draft capital in 24 I think Waller and, and I, I like Stevenson, but again, we talked about the New England running back room before. Like, I just, I don't know that that whole thing confuses me. And I like Waller, like I said. So like, those are guys that really help your lineup right now. I think the points per game from McCaffrey to Stevenson is easily covered with Waller. And I think again, because of your tight end room, you're definitely going to be starting both of those guys. And I think again, that makes it worth doing to add some depth. And then again, adding the picks, if you can get them both great. I also feel like if that, if the other guy feels like that's too much or, Again, Dirty Bish doesn't look like they're really a contender. So maybe there's a fit where, like, you know, he's got Brees Hall, Bijan Robinson, Ramondre Stevenson, J.K. Dobbins. Like, he's got a ton of running backs. So my logic is if that team is is too heavy at running back, maybe you try to get, you know, the fifth running back. Or, like, maybe you pivot to Dobbins instead of Stevenson. Like, you've got some options there to make a move. And, again, if you feel like Ingram is a better option or he would rather send Ingram, that's a fine counter, you know. He's also got Dalton Kincaid. Maybe there's a logic where, like, I'll take Dalton Kincaid and wait for that guy to get good. Like, So there's some options with this team, and that's kind of why I like the trade. At least the bones of it, I think, is, is pretty solid. Uh, getting rid of McCaffrey obviously kind of hurts, but if you can replace that with another running back and help your tight end room, I mean, then you're addressing all of the needs you mentioned there, Matt, was the tight end and running back were your, your iffy spot. So, Again, Kate, I think you you definitely understood the assignment and you said, all right, if that's what you need, let's go get it. And I, I think, yeah, well done. Well played on that one. Um, I'll get into my trade. You mentioned like not sending a quarterback. And generally, I agree with you. And I was like, well, Kate's coming on. I feel like I got to do a Steelers trade. No. So I'm like, I actually really like Pickett. <laughs> I think Pickett is coming up. I think Pickett's going to have an OK year. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, even with this small hands. So my trade was with Jay Hayes 719 to send Fields. 
for Pickett, ETN, and Chigakonkwo. Now, again, I don't know if this gets done as is. I think ETN has a lot of question marks with the whole Tank Bigsby thing, and there's, you know, are they going to really use him? Is it going to be a timeshare, which last year it wasn't? Chigakonkwo is a name in the tight end space that everybody's real hyped on. It's not a tight end premium, so I feel like you might be able to sneak them one past the goalie a little bit and just be like, hey, it's not a big deal tight end league. Maybe I can get a, you know, up and comer with high upside with Chigakonkwo. But I, I'm not sure, too, if if this is one Matt would send. Like, you put it perfectly. Like, Fields is still a really good quarterback. So after thinking about it a little more, I'm like, maybe this isn't enough. And maybe you could get Hayes, Jay Hayes, to add a little bit more even to this. And he's got a couple of firsts next year. He's got one, two, three, four, five firsts. Maybe you can get one of his five seconds. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you can get him to throw a little bit more to kind of consolidate. And that's something else I wanted to mention when talking about this. Anytime you look at this and you see a guy that's got 10 picks in the first two rounds next year, he's going to have to make some cuts. He's going to have to consolidate. And as much as this team is, I mean, Jay Hayes team is pretty, is not beautiful. His quarterbacks are rough. He might look at this and go, all right, well, it helps me consolidate, which I need to do before the draft anyway. Gives me a solid uh, QB one in exchange for Pickett, which again, we don't know what his his options are. And then it also adds the ability with Chickaconquo, like he's got Fryermuth, he doesn't need a Conquo, right? Like it just, it, it, in my mind, it kind of helps feel out like it's helping your team. It's helping his team. It might be something both teams can agree on. Maybe there's some little pieces you can throw in, but that was kind of where my head went. I, again, tell me about it. Am I terrible for trying to get picket for this? Or should I just not have even tried to send fields? What do you think? Gabe? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say I would not, I, I would not want to do this trade and I'm so sorry, Andrew. I'm no, so no, no, sorry. no. This is the whole conversation. There's no right answer. I... Yeah, go for it. Here's my here's my thing. I I have a lot of concerns about Kenny Pickett. Like I I was disappointed as a Steelers fan when we drafted Kenny Pickett, though he showed a lot of I, I think shining moments in 2022. Right, like there were a lot of exciting plays, but I worry about a lack of upside with Kenny Pickett. Sure. Um, Etn, I love Etn, upside to the moon, but still question marks like the usage of, of him as, or the lack of usage um, as a receiver, definitely a concern for me. A Conquo, an exciting name had, um, you know, analytically a, a great season in 2022, but again, so many question marks. If I'm giving up Justin Fields, I want something safer. And that, I guess that I, would be my goal yeah. is, is if I'm going to give up uh, this, you know, what could be a top five dynasty quarterback. I want, I want to know what I'm getting back. And that's my concern here with, with Pickett, Aconquo is that we might not know what we're getting. It could be, um, it, it's like that. Uh, what is it? Fa- uh, family guy where you have the box and you're yeah. like, it could be a boat. <laughs> it could be a boat, um, but it could yeah. be a box. And yeah. like, that's, that that's what the trade feels like to me. Sure. Um, so I, you know, I think like, uh, you know, finding some assets that, you know, exactly what you're going to get back. If you're going to be giving up this high upside quarterback, who's like, uh, honestly, also pretty safe in terms of rushing, rushing ability, what he provides as a rusher for fantasy purposes specifically. No, and I, I totally agree with you. I think the other thing I wanted to mention here, which I don't think I said before, 
with the way this team is built with Burrow as your QB one, McCaffrey as your running back one, and and obviously Madison as your running back two, and you got Devonta Smith, Debo Samuel, like I said, Christian Kirk, like that's, those are pretty solid three receivers. And then like really nothing at tight end. I wouldn't mind adding some risk to this roster. I wouldn't mind adding some upside. And that's kind of where I'm going with this. I don't, we just talked about fields before. I don't know if he's going to be a top five. That obviously is his upside, but if you're selling him at QB eight, you're not really missing a ton of upside there. And again, I don't think Pickett is going to be a top 12 quarterback. That's not my goal here. My goal is to add some depth to this team to kind of fill in the roster because it does drop off a cliff on all of the positions. And again, adding a Conquo is it going to be a starter for you for sure. ATN starter for sure. Pickett QB two for sure. Like it helps fill out your roster. So you're not starting guys like Trey Sermon, James Cook, even Kendry Miller, who we like at running back. Like all of those guys could be terrible, right? And not be worth starting and not be worth flex at all. You got Tyler Boyd, Robert Woods, some of these older names at receiver. I'd really rather start someone like, you know, ETN in that spot, right? So my thought too, though, is this is a pretty fair trade in terms of value on DTC, but that is not the end-all be-all. Like the calculators are not at all the end-all be-all on this. And I think too, this is one where if you send it to Hayes, he might be like, "Are you? Re- that's ridiculous. That makes no sense to me. And the other way is like smash accept. I would gladly take fields for that. Like I think it's that kind of trade where it just, you don't know exactly what it's going to be. So I'd really rather offer a little bit much. And like, again, adding that second or adding a, a first even and getting rid of a Conquo, something like that, like maybe make this so that you can rebuild a little bit and just hope that Pickett turns into a solid QB two, which I think is possible. I, again, I don't think you need a, a terrible, or sorry, I don't think you need a terrific year for Pickett to just be worth a super flex start. Like, I think that's a pretty solid spot for him. And with Burrow locked in at QB one, I don't know. I feel like that's the spot of, of the most value. That's your, your best position is QB by far. And I don't mind trading McCaffrey either. I thought that was a good trade. So maybe there's something you can find in there, uh, Matt, and come up with some sort of a solution and maybe hybrid these trades together or find a way to do a three-way trade. I love when you can pull that off in sleeper. So thank you so much for sending that in, Matt. We really appreciate it. And like we always say, tag us on Twitter. If you find a trade, if you have questions, our DMs are open, of course, here at the Junkies and mine, Andrew Hall. You can always send me a DM on that too. Um, but we love when people do our trades and get back to us and say, yeah, this worked, or I was able to add this, or I was able to get it done this way. That's what we're here for is to try to help you find a trade. So appreciate that, Kate. I think there's some definite value in what you brought to the conversation there. Anything else you want to get to before we call it a day? I feel like we've covered a lot of ground tonight. And I uh, I don't know. I feel like this is about right. We're, we're doing all right. Yeah, I, I had a fantastic time. I think that uh, about you know, close, closes the door for me tonight. Um, and, and guess what? We'll just, we'll just start again, uh, in the morning, more fantasy content, That's right? more, hopefully <clears throat> more news. Let's get some more news. Let's get oh, some, some actual some, news. Yeah. Let's, let's do, get some signings. Let's get some cuts. Like let's do some things that actually matter and not all this, you know, backroom crap that we hear all the time nowadays where so-and-so <laughs> is looking for someone's like, no, come on, give me news, not smoke. Yeah. Uh, but with that, obviously, we're going to get us out of here. But before we do that, let people know where they can find you again and where they can find you on podcasts. I know we mentioned it before, but again, as a free agent too, sell yourself a little. This is a prime spot to be like, hey, I'm looking for work. This is the spot to do it. Where can the people find you? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Kate Majuk. That's M-A-G-D-Z-I-U-K. Um M-A-G-D is just generally a good starting point uh, to find my work. Uh <laughs> free agent looking for opportunities um, in sports betting, editorial, uh, fantasy, you name it. Um, I'm, I'm probably uh, experienced at it in some way, shape or form. Uh, I, I, I believe you it. Know, 
coming from a, a nursing background into the sports media space of, I've seen, I've seen a lot and I've done a lot in my short time, but, um, you know, excited for what's to come. But in the meantime, uh, check out the ball blast podcast and the locked on dynasty podcast. And, uh, that, that's where I'll be hanging for now. I love it. Thanks again so much for coming on. It was a good time. You can follow us at the junkies at dynasty junkies. You can follow the dynasty addicts podcast network at dap underscore network. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. We do have a bunch of reviews in there. We appreciate that. We are taking them to heart when we read them. Uh, and if they're negative, we don't listen. So just don't bother. Uh, but uh, definitely uh, follow it. Follow me too, Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, I know we've got a bunch of stuff coming up with a bunch of great guests, of course, like Kate and others. who will be bringing their, uh, their own flair on the Dynasty game. Uh, as we head into Scott Fishbowl season, we'll be talking more about that, of course. Uh, and then again, once we head into August and actually getting into preseason and all that, we'll be here with you the whole way. So for everyone else that is listening, everyone else that it was, we didn't have anyone in chat tonight. That's fine. But uh, I don't mind that. But for Rocky, for Scott, and for everyone else at the DAP Network, Junkies out.